Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Welcome to episode one of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. My name is Paul Marquis, your host, and trust me when I say this, I am a little bit nervous. I can give lectures to anybody and all kinds of groups. I've done groups of five people up to 350 people, and I've given lectures from Maine to California. But speaking into a microphone is a little bit different with nobody else in the room, so please forgive me. I also have a little accent. Uh, I am bilingual, and my uh, native language is French, so that may pop out a little bit as uh, we get going, but hopefully I'll get comfortable here and um, things will start to run as smoothly as we can make it. Um, so I'm going to do my best and hopefully, you know, by the time we get to episode 20, 50, 100, things are run really smoothly. So please feel free to give me any advice you might have for all of you who might have done some podcasting in the past. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, first thing I want to do is I want to thank uh, everybody who has been so supportive to me in this endeavor, uh, my family, my friends, my coworkers, and uh, some local physicians who have said, you know what, this is really something that you need to do and will be really helpful to a lot of people, and thank you for doing it. So uh, I, I want to thank those folks for encouraging me to do this. It's kind of out of my comfort zone, uh, but I thought that we would uh, certainly give it a try. So episode one today, we're going to talk about the four key points in developing an order to your evaluation. Now, we're going to try to make this as easy as possible, and I don't want you to think that this is only going to work with orthopedic patients. Okay, you can use this for different types of patients, for different scenarios, and I think that you'll be perfectly fine with this. Okay, so key point number one, don't ask open-ended questions unless you have a lot of time to burn. So this is all, this has happened to everybody. Okay, you ask, so how can I help you? Or give me a little idea about what's going on. And the patient rambles and rambles and rambles and rambles and rambles and oftentimes gets into a lot of information that really isn't pertinent to the order of your evaluation. So don't ask open-ended questions to start with, but it's okay to be compassionate and to ask a little later once you get settled in about that patient, okay, so that they feel a little more comfortable with you. Key point number two, use each question to tease out certain diagnoses and to rule out complications. My boss of 25 years has always told me, when you get into a room with a patient and you start doing an evaluation, always rule out complications first. And therefore, you can put those complications aside and say, okay, now this is what we can do with this patient. So try to tease some of those uh, out and rule out those complications. Now, I'm going to give you a couple examples of um, questions that I like to use right off uh, when I get started with a patient. And number one, uh, do you have any tingling in your legs? This would help to rule out a nerve-related issue and even some vascular issues. I'll also ask, was the injury traumatic or non-traumatic? And a classic example, and it's kind of funny how this uh, happens every time I'm ready to do a lecture or like tonight, this podcast, we always get a scenario that happens before I do the lecture. And uh, come to find out, we have a friend of the family who said, my son has been diagnosed with turf toe. And I asked her, I said, so how did he do it? And she goes, well, it kind of came on progressively over time, and now he's developing it on the other side. And I said, well, it's kind of unlikely that if he hasn't had some sort of a traumatic episode, that it's turf toe. 
So we're going to take a look at him in the next couple of days and try to tease this out and see if this actually is turf toe or maybe he's just developing a tendonitis uh, around the big toe. So those uh, types of questions can really help sort things out early on in your evaluation process. The other question I like to ask is, you know, is there any popping or was there any popping at the time of injury in your shoulder, elbow, knee, foot and ankle? That's an important question. Now, Everybody has crepitus and everybody has popping in their joints and they really start to hone in on that popping, especially when they start to become a little more aware of their joint problem. So I always ask this question, does it cause a significant amount of pain when it pops? And if they say yes, then we look to see if we can reproduce that popping pain and try to isolate what the problem is. So I'm really more concerned about that than I am generalized joint crepitus, which most of us have. The next thing I ask patients is, can you put a finger on where it hurts? And oftentimes, they will put that finger there and really isolate what the problem is. So if it's an Osgood Schlatter's, that's simple. It really lets you hone in where the problem is. Now, if they put both hands around their knee, that could be a little bit different story, okay? So I always tell them to try to pinpoint it as much as possible. And that really helps to simplify it. Do they have any giving out? Does the shoulder give out? Does the knee give out? Does the ankle feel unstable? Um, those will uh, help to indicate if we have some sort of a ligamentous or a reflex inhibition type of problem. I'll ask if they have morning stiffness. You won't see this in young individuals, but as you start to get a little bit older, um, this could lead you to think that the patient may have some arthritis. And I might ask him, you know, do you have globalized stiffness? And that will lead to the arthritis situation even more. So these are just some examples that I like to use. And, and I always have a particular order of how I ask these. Notice these were not open-ended questions. So it really helps us to streamline that evaluation and get it lined up so that we can piece it into our heads what we think this diagnosis is, even before we put our hands on the patient. Number three. Develop an order of evaluation that works for you, okay? Now, I have a particular order that works for me that I really like to use. I'll give you an example of what that is, and if you want to use it, that's great. Now, sometimes we have to do some improvising when you are with a patient, and you can easily tease out all kinds of problems subjectively, and then you might change your order a little bit or eliminate things in your order that just don't make sense to evaluate. So, one of the things that I really like to do is I always like to start with reflex testing. It's something that patients are comfortable with. And I just say, listen, I want to check out your nervous system. We're going to see how things are functioning. It gives you a chance to kind of chit chat with the patient, get them distracted a little bit while you do the reflex testing. Then I'll do some sensation testing. That's really not invasive. If they have decent range of motion, I might ask them to actively move their arm. And then I'll kind of jump in and do some passive range of motion, see what things look like there. I'll then jump into some manual muscle testing, special tests. And then I'll get the patient up and get them a little more active and see what functional movement, movements look like. So that's kind of the process I like to take with uh, patients. And I may add things in there if they start to mention something in their subjective exam about how they feel or something seems unusual, I may start to change things. If a neurological symptom may arise, I may do a Hoffman's test. I may do a Lermit sign. I may throw these extra things in there. And these are all special tests we'll talk about and we'll have on our website with nice videos and explanations on how to do. We'll get technical about that in future episodes. 
The number four key point that I want to talk about is always be in charge of your patient. All right. I want you to be direct with your questions and try not to stray from your order. I like to use different orders for different body parts and for different diagnoses. And when I follow that order, it kind of makes sure that I don't forget anything and that uh, I, I feel comfortable being with the patient. It is, it is super important that you be in charge of the patient. And I see this happen all the time where a patient may come in, either in a physical therapy clinic or uh, in a primary care provider's office, and they can be a little demanding. I'd like this medication. I want to have this treatment. I want to have diagnostic testing. And so they become kind of demanding. And we as providers need to be in charge of that, and we need to be able to guide the patient. Now, we can still be compassionate while doing this, although we may sometimes have to say, all right, I think that's a great idea, but this is why we are doing what we are doing. And once you give them that why, they usually can understand that and explain that to them. Patients love providers who have a plan. And I hear it both ways. I hear patients come in and say, boy, oh boy, I went to see this physician and he told me A, B, and C really got down to business and told me exactly what to do, and I really like that. And others may lose a little confidence in a provider, and it doesn't matter who this provider is in the medical field. You can lose confidence in the provider if they hum and haw about what they're going to be doing. So instead of humming and hawing as a provider, you could always tell your patient, I can't put my finger on this, but I want to consult with somebody who can, or I want to research this and take a look and see what I can find that was really going to help direct our treatment so it's much more specific. And I'm going to help to do this as quickly as possible. So those are the four key points I have in developing an order to your evaluation. And if you would like an outline of this podcast, go to www.orthoevalpal.com forward slash 001. Please feel free to go to iTunes, rate uh, our podcast, um, and you know, give us a thumbs up. That would be super awesome. Uh, as we get going, we hope to offer you really value-packed information and uh, get a little more specific with uh, some of these diagnoses that we're going to talk about. And I can't wait to uh, start on our next episode. We'll be talking about the seven reasons why patients don't get better. And um, that's kind of an interesting episode. So I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this episode today. And uh, again, have a great day. My name is Paul Marquis from OrthoE ValPal. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.